You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Uh, let's thank Ore for sharing her good experience. It's very kind, very kind of her. Um, she's a friend of mine, actually. <laughs> she's a friend of mine, so she, I don't, know if she, I don't know if you got it from her, good experience, she doesn't really live here like that. And one day I was traveling somewhere, not here. And then I went to a church. I'm like, yeah, nobody knows me in this church. Um, I'm just going to, this guy is just, you know, I don't remember, I can just dress down, just have fun. They don't even know me PI. This is, and then the, the, the church, you have to enter a bus from somewhere to go there. And as I entered into the bus, the person driving the bus says, hello, PI, or something like that. <laughs> I was, ha, you know, I was like, why? Why are you here? <laughs> but... Um, I think there's so much from her God experience for me, which I just kept on wondering in what ways is God looking to use my life to be a blessing to other people? Um, and because there's simple things that we can do. There's simple things that we can do. I, I've, I think I've been saying this for a couple of years. I don't think we've heard it yet, but I do believe that every, everyone who comes to LifePoint, everyone should pay for someone else's school fees at least. Sometimes, and this is because this is because school fees. And I know someone is here saying, "But Pierre, nobody's paid for my school fees. Just wait." And I'm saying because you'll be surprised that school fees for a child in at some level of education in Nigeria might be something like five k or ten k or twenty k, right? How much was VIP ticket for Bonner Boy? Sorry, fifty. How many people? One person. So my point is, so, and, and I'm not saying, so yeah, I'm just saying that when we think about it, we can all do something, all of us. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them, do something, do something, all right, do something. And it doesn't have to be school fees, it can be hospital bills. What else? Ticket, vacation tickets, not among, you know. <laughs> it can be hospital bills, um, it can be rent, it can be, Sorry? Skill acquisition, yeah? Skill acquisition, um, all sorts of things, right? It can be lunch for people. We can send lunch to children. Don't send to adults. We can send lunch to schools. But there's stuff to be done, and God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, 31st of December is uh, Tuesday, so we have a watch night service, a crossover service. Uh, all the Elevation Church gathers at Business Conference Center, um, and it will be in the announcement, but I just want us to be there. And typically our service starts early. I think we start about 7, and we end at 10, so that we can be in bed before the new year in Nigeria and just sleep into it. Uh, but I've done that now, not waiting until 12 to be in church for 10 plus, maybe 10, for 20 years or so. Um, and, and it's always gone well. All right, I'm going to share briefly, and then would pray uh, some more. Uh, if <laughs> not efficient, no, no, not efficient. We'll get there. Second Kings, Second Kings, chapter four and verse nine. If it's your first time of coming to coming to Life Point, thank you very much for coming. God bless you, and uh, God bless you. Second Kings, chapter four. Second Kings, chapter four. Our Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Second Kings, chapter four. I read from verse 1 all the way to verse 7. The Bible says, Now there cried a certain woman 
of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knows that thy servant did fear the Lord. Um, and a creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Uh, so Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Verse 3, Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere. From all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. Uh, and it says, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. And so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. And now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she came to her son and said, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. And so the oil ceased. And verse 7, And she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay the debt, and you and your sons leave on the rest. May God bless the reading of his word. Um, as we end the year, uh, it's very possible when you think of the year you do an assessment of the year, for you to think of the money you've made, the promotions you've got, uh, how you fell in love or out of love, uh, where you went, uh, who you met, uh, what business you started, and those things we thank God for. It's, I think, also equally important for you to figure out at this time where your walk with God is. When we did the whole conversation about the church, the letters of the church of God to the churches in the book of Revelation, all seven of them. I think the message is on SoundCloud if you want to uh, go back there. But one of the things that occurred to us was that God is really interested in our relationship with him. So, And he takes particular interest in all of us. And this is not one of those cases where we can get away with what we think about the relationship. Shola, I mean, you know when, Shola, you know when you are, here Shola, hi. <laughs> you know when you are going out with someone, but the person's not going out with you. I actually knew a guy, he's not Shola, it's another guy. It's a Yoruba guy too. And when Elevation Church just started, he's married now, thank God. But when Elevation Church started, he told us he was going out with the lady. He introduced her to us. And then months later, he came and said no, that he was the one who thought they were in a relationship. She, she, but it, it happens. It happens. But that's not how God does. God has a view. Oh, he does. He has your name and he has a view. So the rest of us can think that well, Ogachuku is doing well with God, but God has a view. And God is not polite like that. In fact, I don't think God is polite. He actually tells the truth. He says, look, guys, he's not, he's not called me in weeks. And so as we end the year, um, it's a useful place to start, just to think, look, what, where's our relationship with God? In, in Why am I going to Ephesians? 
Maybe I'll just go there later. But in 2 Kings chapter 4, the story, the, the widow comes and says, look, we have an issue here. Prophet says, the way we're going to sort this out is that you're going to gather vessels together. You're going to gather vessels together. What interests me in the story is that uh, in verse 4, no, in verse, um, in verse 3, he says to her, go borrow vessels from your neighbors. And it says, even empty vessels, but borrow not a few. I like the way that, you know, when the King James has a way of spiritualizing everything. So when you say borrow not a few, you know, the, the grammar already sounds very spiritual. You know, when you, so, and, and it, it was almost like he was saying, make room for what God is bringing. And so if she borrowed a thousand vessels, God was ready to fill them. And so she sends her son, her sons, and they go to start borrowing vessels. And the Bible says when they borrowed all the vessels they could find, they close the door and they start to pour out the oil and the oil fills everything that they bring. Today as we, the last Sunday of the year, beautiful Sunday, and consider our relationship with God, that is where I sense God is saying, He's saying, look, I will feel what you bring. So if at the moment what you have with God is one, one vessel, that is what you've brought. If what you have is a big tanaka, that is what you've brought. God is, he has no restrictions when he thinks about his relationship with you. None. Zero. He will go with you as far as you would let him go. So uh, last week, we were at the house and we were just worshiping and thanking God. And I think during the worship session, uh, it was not a lot, but six or seven of us, uh, I was really, you know, you know, when you really get into the worship, you're like, yeah, you just get into worship and I'm singing, I start singing, and for a lot of people sing and I'll sing, and I was just, you know, and then there's a violin guy, you know how, you know, it's just all, we just, I was just in then, you know, for a lot of people sing a song, like, oh man, and I'll sing one, oh, this is, oh, you know, it's like really good. And then at some point, I was like, oh, well, but God, this is my birthday. Uh, I can't spend all the time doing prison worship. I have to go and guests might be wanting to come, you know, and, you know, people might call, so yeah, might just let me. And as I was about to, but I kind of sense that God was there. He was ready for us to, if we wanted to spend five hours worshiping him, he was ready. But I had, it was my, you know when your birthday is like eight, nine o'clock and you're like, ha, it's about to finish in Nigeria. You know, <laughs> and so you have to be careful how you use it. You know, so I'm like, God, are you, are you okay? Because if you're okay, I'm going to head out now. You know, but I, I said that he wasn't really okay. And you know, then I, I think I prayed a bit, did some more loud worship and like, I do need to go now. But I think it dawned on me that evening how willing God was for us to worship him for a long time. How willing God was for us to pray for a long time. But it was not likely that you would want to pray and God would say, I am unable to talk to you now. That it was un unlikely that you want to reach out to God and like your friend Franklin, he would say, I am busy. 
it's unlikely. That it's unlikely that you would want to push an experience with God and God will say, no, not you, not now, and not us. The prophet says, gather vessels. And so the word all week for me has been about making room for God. Making room for God. Making room for God. And I think that's kind of what I want us to pray about. We'll consider it in our conversation for a couple of minutes and I will pray about it. If we were looking for analogies to use, our relationship with God will almost be like a building. And we, we, you can tell how what you are building with God is. You can tell where it is at the moment. Is it a one room? Is it a one room thing? So when I was growing up, not finished growing up yet, still growing up, when I was growing up, there used to be things they call face me, I face you. Not said with an accent, <laughs> but face me, I face you. And you know you lucky people know nothing about face me, I face you apartment. You're looking at, what's that? What's face me, I face you? Is that one with mirrors? Is that one where you can see your face as a mural on the wall? No. It's one that has a corridor. Long bungalow. Six rooms on this side, rooms on that. That's all it was. There was no living room, no dining room. Yes, no dining room. <laughs> no bathrooms inside. It was, it, was a very, it was just somewhere to sleep and put your possessions. They don't have them in Lekki. <laughs> they don't. But really small. And everyone in the morning, they gather their stuff in towels and you, buckets and you go line up. <laughs> but is that how your relationship with God is? Purely functional. Or is it a one-bedroom, self-contained flat apartment? Or is it a three-bedroom? Or is it, is it slightly bigger? Is it functional? Can more be done with it? What are you building with God? And it is... Just think about it, church, that 2019 has been an okay year. It's been a tough year for us as a country. And for, for lots of us, it's been different things. But, but where are we with God? Are we where God wants us to be with Him? God will work with what we give him, but sometimes he wants more. He will stay in the room that we give him, but there is space for more. Like the woman here, if you bring in an extra 10 vessels, God will feel it. If you want to spend a bit more time with God, he is ready. If you want to talk to God a bit more, he is ready. He's available. Um, I don't like it when I send people messages. Now, some people here might snigger, but it's okay. I don't like it when I send people messages and they don't read it. But there are people who might accuse me of the same. But, but, <laughs> but then, um, we're all work in progress. <laughs> And the fact that I have not responded doesn't mean I haven't read it. I read all my messages. I just haven't now come to that place of responding. But it's, isn't it amazing how that 
with God. There is so much that he's pushing our way that we, we actually just ignore. I think the example I was using earlier was how if I wrote um, Ogachuku like I always do, a love letter. Uh, I remember the one time, and I digress a bit, one time last year or two years ago, I, I then wrote all my siblings. I wrote Ogachuku and the kids and all my siblings and my father and mother wrote them letters, like real letters. I think that week they were all afraid. <laughs> they thought I was leaving. <laughs> They were like, what's happening? What's happening? Texting each other. Is he okay? Have you seen your brother? Why is he writing those letters? And I poured out my heart, you know, a bit of history. It's all right. And I put letterhead, everything. It's just been dramatic. <laughs> but I can imagine writing 66 of those letters and putting them together and sending her to, to Ogachuku and then calling her the next day to say, you know, of course you're excited. Have you read the letter? And she says, oh, I'm just, I'm taking it verse by verse. Like, what? <laughs> Or there's this particular one I just like. And so I'm just saying, <laughs> I didn't write it for you to store it. How much room am I making for God? In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5, God has a conversation with Moses. He says, and he said to him, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. What do I need to take off to fully experience God? I have no clue why God asks him to take off sandals. There are different theories. God did not like the style of the sandals. Maybe they were borrowed. Maybe they were Egyptian. Maybe they were not clean. Or maybe God just wanted Moses to have a total feel of his presence and didn't want anything between him and Moses. What do I need to take off my life to fully experience God? What one investment can I make in my relationship with God? So Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, let him go, says we have a great cloud of witnesses, let us set aside the weights and the sin that so easily besets, that we may be able to run the race that is set before us with endurance. Is there, and, and I like the fact that he separates weights and sins, so not all the weights are sins. But a weight means that you can't do much else. So what am I allowing on me that is not allowing me to do other things? Like, like sick God. Am I walking too much? And there's such a thing as walking too much. Am I playing too much? There's such a thing as playing too much. And I saw that nudge. Am I partying too much? <clears throat> Pause. Am I gaming too much? Am I watching too much? TV? Am I sleeping too much? Am I drinking too much? Smoking 
too much. What am I doing? I like the Passion Translation. It says, as for all of us, Hebrews 12, 1, we have all of these great witnesses who encycle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. And it's interesting because sometimes the weight that stops us from creating room from God is a wound. She broke up with you. You must mourn, but do move on. I think every sorrow, I've said it here before, has an expiry date. I cannot dictate how long you must take to heal, but every sorrow has an expiry. You cannot mourn for your entire life. You can't. Because sometimes you can be so heartbroken. And if I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But you cannot pray. You try, the tongues don't come out. You, just, you start to pray and then you are weeping. <laughs> and the only thing that comes out is her name, Sarah. Sarah. Every time you open scripture, it's the book of Lamentations. Every time. <laughs> it's like try to study, you can't. But let's say you do that for two weeks. At least set it aside. At least. Let me tell the person next to you, tell them make room, make room, make, make room. So a couple of very simple things that I believe can change or spark our walk with God. And it's, it's important because, you know, sometimes we, we can get very used to the things which are fundamental to our faith as Christians and um, not realize that those things, they, they drive everything else, right? You can get your Christian high. Your Christian high is that thing that continues to make you feel like you're Christian but not do the things which Christians need to do. So if I, if I want to get a Christian high and just be real with you, I could listen to Messi Chinwo's got some Igbo songs like this that puts you, give you that, you know, in the morning, you know, and then you add a little Falabin Noel and then put one Victoria Renzi. In fact, by that time, you're fine. You've got your fix for the morning. You haven't prayed yet. You haven't studied script, but you kind of feel... The small balls. She sings that. She never do. Are you like, yeah, sing it, girl. But you haven't prayed yet. Or you listen to a good stephotic podcast. That's a good one. That guy can preach. He preaches like P.I. But let's not go there. He just, like, you know, when that, you know, the American accent plus the anointing just gets you going. You're like, yeah, Steve, yeah. Preach it. But you haven't opened the Bible. You haven't prayed. You haven't meditated yet. And, and it's amazing what happens with those fundamental disciplines. In fact, Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, I have, I'm, we're all building something. He says, let everyone take heed what he builds with. It says people will build with gold. You read verse 12 and verse 13. Some will build with silver 
Some were built with precious stones, some with wood, some with hay, some with straw. So would you, in the coming weeks and months, make room for God by investing in your spiritual disciplines? Would you make our time to pray even when there's no prayer meeting? Would you make our time to fast? We fast, next year we're going to fast properly. Every Wednesday, we're fasting. This is not that you didn't hear. We're fasting every Wednesday. Put it in your calendar now, fasting. When you wake up, fasting. Until five, all of us. We'll send out text messages to eateries. Don't serve life pointers on Wednesday. But we're fasting. In fact, I think my pastor said to us, we're fasting for 21 days as a church from January 6th. You heard it. You can't unhear it. January 6th or 5th, 21 days. One day more than 20. It doesn't matter whether you travel. Because people are here like, ah, oh, sorry, I'm traveling on the 5th. You heard it. You're already here. <laughs> Only 21 days, okay? But would you, on top of the 21 days, say, I would fast one week every quarter. Somebody's like, why? <laughs> but, but why? So what's remaining in the year? Why? The why is because God <laughs> is seeking to build in and through your life something that requires the ability to carry weight. If there's anybody here who believes God has called them into public office, and I say this carefully, you believe God has called you to serve in public office. So somebody here, you might even say, God wants me to be president. You should fast, and I'm not being prescriptive, but you should fast at least one week, a, a quarter. You need to get into that place. <laughs> I think it's an Ecclesiastes prophecy. It says, when you sit with the king to eat, you need to put a sword to your throat. So you need to, you need to understand how to manage appetite before you get to royalty and access to everything. So you need to start fasting now. For some of you, you believe God is calling you to, be, to run a business. You need to learn how to, you need to be praying now. And I, I say it is very easy. And sometimes we don't think about it. I mean, if we're up, you know, through the night doing Dirty December and we're at a concert, the stage is falling. But, but I'm like, guys, look, I didn't say you shouldn't do that. But I'm like, surely, surely we should be able to pray together for all the night. You should, we, you should just gather your people. Let's turn up tonight. All of us who come, five or six of us, we pray. We pray, we pray. You, you are sleeping. You wake them up. Pray, pray, pray. Maybe like three o'clock, we go and sleep. What's wrong with that? Because sometimes I see the ease with which, you, you know, you, the ease with which we do the things which are good to do, but don't necessarily bring life in the long run. He says, are you building with gold? Are you building with silver? I mean, there's, what meaningful relationship do you build casually? Who, who can stand a, a, a boyfriend that doesn't call? One whole day, didn't call you. Two days. And you can see he's online. <laughs> but we all check, you know, because we, we don't want to say, but we check. You know, we... <laughs> And you take a screenshot and you send to your friend, see now it's online. <laughs> yeah. Not only is he on, he's posting on Instagram. <laughs> One day they call, two days they call. 
You're acting like a Christian. Eh, I'm, I'm just a Christian. I'm patient. I have the fruit of patience. The third day, he didn't call. <laughs> when you call him on the fourth day, you call him with your prophetic voice. <laughs> but yet, we're all comfortable without, because we don't pray for four days. Like, it's God now. God knows. And he has plenty of children. But he can see that you're online. He can see that you're posting. And that you're asking people who don't like you to like what you put. But he like, would you make room for me? I say this because I feel that next year, um, God will call us to do audacious things. And we need to be in a place where we can even hear those things and are then prepared to do those things. Somebody needs to prepare retreats in advance. You need to book it now. Quarterly retreats, two days. Go somewhere. Go to a hotel. Go to camp. Yeah. You can even go abroad. That's fine. If you have money like God is blessed, you go abroad. Go, go to Dubai. Go to anywhere that... You know, go somewhere. You can even take your pastor for the abroad ones. I don't, I don't always have to fly business class, but if you insist, we can do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and what better retreat to have with your pastor next door praying, you praying in your room. We can have dinner in the evening. Okay, I'll take you with me if they take me, okay? But, but plan retreats with God. Plan retreats with God. That vacation you want, hmm, I would say this gently. I say this gently. The vacation you are planning next year with your friends just to you know, show up at the beach and take pictures and torture the people in Lagos is nice. But I don't believe it's as important as the time you will spend with God. I don't. Acts 13, the Bible says that as they minister to God, they were fasting and they were praying. The Bible says, and God says to them, set aside Paul. I think and Barnabas for the workouts. And it's amazing what comes out of this kind of experiences. It's amazing what comes out of the for someone it's just even time spent in the word. If you followed us at Life Point the last couple of months, you've known I've been saying this over and over again that the Christian life was never meant to be lived away from the Bible. Never, ever. That this, the word of God, is the very foundation for our faith. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, or by burgers, or by whatever else we eat. It says, but by every word that proceeds from the word. It is, this is how we live. This is how we live. And I realized, I think it was this year, I kind of broke out and I said, guys, sorry, you have to finish your Bible. You, yes, you have to fit. I know, and I know the Bible kind of comes across sometimes like a big book. But it's not that big. Okay, to be fair, it's big. You know. But the truth is, if you, if, I mean, I, I, I used to read lots of fiction. Um, and, and, and I read a lot of books. But the truth is, I read books. The bigger it was, the better. Um... Uh, and I've said this before, one time my pastor says to me, oh look, I listen to the Bible. And I was like, oh, you can do that? Oh, yes, you can. Don't forget that when scripture was originally written, these letters, they were read to the churches. 
So Paul would say, when this has been read, take the letter from the other church and let it be read. So put on your audio Bibles. Some mornings when I wake up and I'm playing my audio Bible, I have finished whole books before I get to work. Because sometimes when you're reading the Bible by yourself and just reading, it can be a little bit tedious. I mean, let's call it what it is. Like, God, I don't mean this is tedious, but I'm just saying, you know how, but if you're reading Daniel, for example, or Ezekiel, or Revelations, ha, it's a bit tough, you know. But maybe for someone else, maybe it's time to find a new translation. Because there's someone, and I know Alamide, you are a King James person. I know, no, it's okay, let's not argue about this. Because it comes across even when you pray and go, thy kingdom, thou knowest. You know? <laughs> and even God is looking at you like, I don't do that language anymore. <laughs> you know, but, but, but no, but King James' prayer is, is deep. Oh, when the guy goes, thou knowest that thou sayest. Even the angels know that. They kind of know God is urgent. This is a real prayer. But, but would you get other translations of the Bible? I tell you this. The one where in school, so we didn't have phones. I went to myself and August, so I'm not the only one who seems old. Went to school when people didn't have phones and iPads. My God, how did we survive? But then, to, to, for people to know you were spiritual when you were studying, you would put your KJV Bible here. You're amplified. Here. NIV. Here. <laughs> In between those three, God had to speak to you. Oh no, God! But but what it is is they knew that. I know when you. That's that's how you. Then there was a Bible called the Dick's Bible. Some of your parents have the Bible. Who has it? Your mom has it. Okay, thank you. So you have it. We are together. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, but it's a big Bible. That was the one where people knew you were a serious Christian, because that one had something called a concordance. Oh. <laughs> A concordance meant that you had now read it and then you said borrow and then you went to check what, he, what it meant. Yeah? It had it's like all sorts of reference. So they would tell you in the Greek or the Hebrew. Ah. And you kind of do the same thing nowadays when he texts you and you're like, what did he really mean with like? You know, you kind of start to dissect it. How, how, did, how did he say it? Is this like, 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 or like, or like love? <laughs> or maybe like, or liking, you know? You are listening to a different message from me. <laughs> it's not this one I'm preaching. <laughs> I follow me, I'm going to hold you responsible for, <laughs> for the spiritual out. But, but what it is, is that there's a way that you chase after God that shows that this is not a game for you. There's a way, oh, I don't know why this example keeps on being relevant, but there's a way a, a, a guy talks to you and you know this, is, this guy is serious. Not a stalker, but you can, you can tell from the seriousness of his calls and how he takes the things you say. The Christian life was never meant to be lived away from scripture. John 15, Jesus speaks about the recipe for fruitfulness in anything in life and he says if you abide in me you stay with me and my words abide in you when in revelations i think three or four he says to one of the churches i have not found your works to be complete before me i have not found you to be fruitful 
this is what he's talking about. That they have not been able to give sufficient time to the word to allow it bring forth. So in this year that is coming, in this season, would we make room for God? He says to the prophet, get vessels. Get vessels. I, and I told this here before, my friend, Pastor Debo Motunde, I remember years ago, elevation hadn't started then, and I remember seeing on, I think his device or phone, it was a reminder for a vigil that he was going to have to study the scriptures. A vigil. I, I don't do that yet. Yeah? But a vigil. So, so it's, 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 someone needs to take a break one day and all you want to do that day is to study scripture. For someone is to find a prayer community or a Bible study group. For someone is to journal and write letters to God during your quiet time. For someone is to serve God a bit more. I think it's in, oh, I, can't, I forget the reference. One lady is speaking to Jesus and she shows up and she brings her whole box, a whole box with precious perfume and she pours it out on him. And, and the disciples are upset because she's investing so much in her worship. And they say, why didn't you take all this and give it to the poor? And Jesus says, you have the poor with you. But he says, this that you have done will be spoken about. She makes room for Jesus. And he says to her, there is a reward. Solomon makes an offering. He says, look, what do you want? Abraham, he says to him, because of this that you have done, I don't know who God is saying, will you in the coming weeks, in the coming months, will you do something for me, with me? This is not something you do for people. This is not something that people see you do. This is not a bragging right. No. It is something that is in between you and God. Your pastor doesn't have to. You don't have to text me and say, Pia, I'm praying for six hours. That's not my business. Do you pray your prayer. I'm praying my own. But would you consider your walk with God precious enough for you to invest something that you haven't invested before? Would you build with gold? I'm going to read two scriptures and we'll pray. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and verse 25. Hebrews chapter 10, if you put it up in the Passion Translation, will be great. It says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. It says, this is not the time to pull away. So this is Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, the Passion Translation. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. It says, in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. 
simple. You should go to church more. That's simple. But you should spend time in the company of believers. Um, one thing that is important for me in the coming year is to be more strategic with social media. And I know that's a bit serious to say when I say strategic, but I, I think that sometimes we forget that with social media, what happens is that you're having conversations with people unconsciously. So sometimes I'm on the streets of Twitter and then what I realize I'm talking, I'm, I'm literally hearing people talk to me who, I, some of them are, a lot of them total strangers. And then some of the things they're saying, I'm like, well, I, just because I curate my circle carefully, uh, normally people won't say these kind of things around me, but here we are. Here we are. But that you would allow you would be deliberate about what you are investing in and who is investing in your life. The Bible says in God's presence there is fullness of joy. I believe that we are in a battle as Christians. I believe that some of the pain and the sadness that we feel and we fight, sometimes it's just, it is an overflow from the world around us the brokenness of the world around us. I believe that there's a call for us as Christians to push into God like never before. I believe that in God are cures for sadness. I believe so. I believe that God will show us how to be happy, how to be joyful, genuinely. I believe so. The Bible says Abraham hoped against hope. I believe that in our walk with God is hope that, that no one can understand. People who hope for a returning Savior can hope for anything. And it's amazing how hope is, is tied to creativity, guys. Because one day someone hoped that people could fly. And people weren't flying. I mean, apart from the Ibadan people and the Bini people where we're moving up and down already. And the Agbo people, let me not leave you guys out. But people ain't flying yet, but some guy hoped. And then nowadays, we confidently go to the airport, you know, and we sit on the plane and we fly for 13 hours or, or six hours or one hour. But that came from someone whose creativity was unleashed by hope, by believing that there is more. And it's hard to spend time with God, make room for God, even in the midst of famine, in the midst of trouble, that you would enjoy divine guidance, you would acquire confidence and audacity. Two years ago, one day I said to us as a church that one day somebody's going to get up here and say, How much is a bank? and go and buy a bank, go and start a bank. There are people who are looking for jobs who should be starting companies. Someone should start a hospital. That's the truth. You are overdue to start a hospital. Because sometimes you still think it's a big deal. It's not a big deal. What's hospitals? It's, sorry, doctors. But the hospital is like a couple of buildings and people, equipment here and there. Ah. Someone is a TV station. God's thoughts, Isaiah 55 up here, our thoughts here, because and the reason why we're still down here wondering about the next shoe or bag or trip or whatever, or party is because we haven't made room for God. 
I mean, we all have that, well, you should have that one friend who when you speak to, you are then embarrassed about your ambitions. You don't show it. You try and keep up. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. But when you go back, you, you are then like, oh, God. And that is what happens when you are with God. He stretches your mind. Like, who is this nonsense boy you have been hanging with? I've planned more for you. Leave it. Break it. Break it up. Move on. He says to someone else, look, this is beer you have been drinking. I know a lot of it is free, but he says, this is not how I plan for you to be high. There might be someone here, you've got weed in your car, you should stop. And I'm serious. You should actually stop. Just spend time with God. You don't need to smoke weed to be creative. Tell your neighbor, God, he's talking about you. He's talking. Don't tell my wife that. Come stop that. <laughs> Would you make room for God, guys? Would we make room for God? <laughs> a two and a half hour service or a two hour service on Sunday and a one and a half hour, two hour service on, on Wednesday cannot be the only time we spend in God's presence. Follow me, let's sing. Um, what should we sing? Should we sing more of you? I don't really like that more of you song like that. I don't know why. It's just... Sorry? Fill my cup. Sorry, I know you've said two songs now and I'm not, I'm not agreed, but just keep on. <laughs> make room. Make, I thought make, but make room is slow. I want like a... Let's sing a don't, don't sing song that, you know, like a, just... Which one? Open up. You can sing it. No, I mean, you can sing it. Well, Dosi doesn't at leap. He just sings. Spolabi <laughs> doesn't like, understand what I'm saying. But guys, my prayer is that in the coming weeks, that you will make room for God. Yeah. That you would book an appointment with God. That someone needs to just put in there, on their phones, 30 minutes with God. I remember the first times I would pray for an hour by myself. And it used to look like a joke, but the truth is that spending one hour in prayer is not a big deal. I promise you, it's not a big That's not even one full football match. It's not. I found out reading the Bible, listening to the Bible, meditating, spending time pressing into God's presence is one of the most precious things that you can do for your life. Please, so this thing we're saying is not just for you. For someone, what God wants to do with your life will affect us. Noah builds an ark for others. Abraham, your relationship with God, births Israel. So when we're saying this thing, we're saying you should mind your spiritual life, it also affects us. So let me tell the person next to you, please, 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 take, take, it, take this seriously, please. For someone, there's a destiny of a whole family. Please. For someone, your prayer life will affect Nigeria. Please. It's not just about you. You and God going to heaven, all that, that's fine. But there's something about how God works in and through your life that affects all of us. Let's pray in the Spirit for a minute and then we'll take that song and we'll pray.
Let's pray in the Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, we allow the Holy Ghost to pray through us. Um, we speak in tongues. And if you are new to the faith, or you are new to church, it's fine. It's, it's all just thank God. Just thank God. There's something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we experience. And, and it's also available freely. Just thank God and worship Him. And just say, Father, we thank you. Father, I thank you. But if you speak in tongues already, just go ahead and, and pray in the Holy Ghost. And we're saying, Lord, today we are making room for you. Lord, I want to make room for you in 2020. I hear that you would feel anything that I bring. So I want to bring a bit more. I want to bring time. I want to bring days of my life. I want to bring weeks. I want to bring whole chambers. I want to bring whole, whole parts of my life. I want to bring my thoughts before you. I want to bring my mornings. I want to bring my afternoons. I want to bring my evenings. The one who then sleeps no slumbers. Come on church, let's pray a bit. Let's pray a bit. Lagos did not call you. God did. This generation did not call you. God did. God did. He says, even before you were in your mother's womb, he says, I knew you. Your parents did not call you. God did. Samuel shows up before Eli. He says, I keep on hearing my name. Eli says, I did not call you. Hey, your pastor did not call you. God did. Your husband, your boyfriend did not call you. Your wife did not call you. God did. Let's take another minute and just pray in the spirit. Lord, we want to make room for you. It says, would you seek it first, the kingdom of God? Lord, we want to make room for you. Lord, we want to make room for you. Come on, church. Lord, we want to make room for you. He says, come on, get some vessels. From things on sin, there are realms of glory for my world to see. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.